This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. All right, well, it's always nice to start out the 5 p.m. hour with little REM and with a very cool guest who's going to help me solve all my problems, uh, at least when it comes to email. Uh, Rahul Vora is here with me, founder and CEO of Superhuman. First of all, awesome name. Uh, Tell me what you do. Superhuman is the fastest email experience in the world. Our customers get through their inbox about twice as fast as before, and many of them see Inbox Zero for the first time in years, which, as you can imagine, is pretty life-changing. Yeah. All right. So what's the secret here? How did you... Actually, let's take a step back. How did you come up with this idea? Well, back in 2014, I interviewed over a thousand people about how they do their email and what they hated about it. And unanimously, they all hated how long it took, how anxious it made them, and how unbearable the whole experience was. And so that was really the the impetus for Superhuman, was to make something that was blazingly fast, and dare I say it, even fun to be inside of. Right. All right, so take me an even further step back, because this isn't uh, your first company. Uh, were you? Did you have your own problems with email, your own challenges? I, I most certainly did, yes. So I had a startup prior to this, Reportive, that I ended up selling to LinkedIn back in 2012. And as the founder and CEO of that startup, my day was, my life was email, as it is today. Yeah. And I realized that no one was really building tools for that segment of the population. And then at LinkedIn, I ran all of our email integrations, and I become very familiar with how professionals do their email. And long story short, it's pretty badly. Yeah. And, and I thought, well, someone needs to solve this problem. So we set out to do that. All right. So as you were interviewing people, tell me, like, what, what things surprised you that you found? I mean, like, I'm just purely like overwhelmed by it. I mean, like all that you can see, you know, all these screens we have going, all all these things, both internal, external, uh, all of that. Are people just generally overwhelmed? Do they have bad habits? Like what, what's the, what did you find? I think what surprised me is the heterogeneity of approach. There's a Mm. lot of ways that you can do email. So some people like to archive emails, some people like to delete them. There's quite a few filers still, you know, folks who will drag things into various folders. Uh, And at Superhuman, we, we don't really take a perspective on this, except for however you want to do it, we're going to help you do it really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell me how it works. <laughs> how does it work? Well, uh, first, let's talk about desktop. Then we can talk about mobile. Yeah. So on desktop, essentially, everything is done via keyboard shortcut. Uh, and actually, I feel pretty great saying that sitting here inside the Bloomberg uh, HQ because everything here is done by keyboard shortcut. And so we've really taken that philosophy and brought it to your email. Imagine if you never had to touch the mouse for absolutely anything. And that's part of how people get through their inbox twice as fast. Now, you might be wondering then, well, what is the equivalent on your phone? And on the phone, the equivalent is doing everything in one gesture. So we've optimized the app for one-handed use. So if you just have a few minutes when you're on the go, waiting for a train or what have you, boom, you can get your email done. Right. All right. So email culture is, did we get addicted to email just because it's an amazing form of communication? Like, how did we get here? Well, I'm not sure I would say we're addicted to email. I, I would say that it is essentially the lifeblood of our companies. Yeah. It's it's how stuff works. Yeah. Fair. Uh, how did we get here? It's just a very resilient technology. It's one of the few technologies in the world that is genuinely decentralized. No one institution or company owns email. 
and every single company uses it. Right. And that's why it's going to be here for a very long time to come. Right. And when you think about email versus, you know, other technologies, whether it's messaging or Slack or things like that, people have tried to, I don't know, like knock off its hegemony uh, at one point or another. What do you make of those efforts? I think they're valiant efforts. What we're seeing, though, inside of the email space itself is that email is actually turning into messaging. Uh, so it now turns out that 50% of the emails that we send and receive are essentially one-liners. Right. Hey, I'm running late, or did you receive my document, or can you please take this decision? And so we're seeing this convergence of messaging and email. Right. And so what does email look like in the future? Obviously, you're going to help shape that uh, if you have anything to do with it. Um, but what is our relationship with it? Uh, look like if you have your way? Well, if we have our way, we're going to change how people feel about that email. Instead of feeling anxious, they'll feel relaxed and productive and happy. I think we'll be in a world where messaging and email combine. I think we'll also be in a world where machine learning and artificial intelligence help us do it even faster, perhaps by pre-composing emails. Imagine waking up one day, looking at your inbox, and all the drafts to all the emails in your inbox are actually pre-composed. So all you have to do is go in, make a few edits, and hit send. Right. So how much do you worry about sort of competition from a Gmail or, or other of the big platforms? Uh, not at all, in short. So Gmail, for example, <coughs> has 1.5 billion users. And a, a fun little challenge I like to ask engineering candidates, I'll, I'll give the secret out on air, uh, is how many uh, emails do you think the average Gmail user receives per day that they have to care about? And they'll often say 100 or 200 or 300 emails, but the answer is actually five. That's the average no Gmail user. No kidding. It is, right? It's unthinkable for folks like you and me. Yeah. Whereas our users receive... 100, 200, 300 emails per day, some thousands of emails a day. Yeah. And we are therefore able to focus on the needs of that user. And we only need, because we charge $30 a month, right. we only need a few hundred thousand users paying $30 a month for us to be a billion dollar company. Right. Uh, I have so many questions uh, that, that sp spin off of that. And people are paying for this. They are. And what's the, are they paying basically because $30 is worth, like, is worth their sanity? Like, what's, what's the value proposition in that regard? Well, time is the most precious thing we have, and we save our users considerable amounts of time. So the average user saves many hours a week, and by comparison, $30 a month is totally worth it. Right, right. Rahul Vora is still with me, founder and CEO of Superhuman. So you're here in New York. What's going on back in San Francisco? What's the feel of the tech scene there? right now still very much a bullion yeah i'm seeing uh, a plethora of seed deals getting done and there's all kinds of exciting things in the work uh you mentioned angel investing for me three core areas of investment are future of work productivity i yeah. companies like superhuman business infrastructure uh, and also health and wellness uh, and we're seeing a lot of exciting things happening across all three of those and the the tech lash as it were is it manifesting or no I think everybody running companies, anyone involved in product or marketing, is just a lot more cognizant these days mm -hmm. of what they're saying and how they're saying it and trying to think harder. Uh, I wouldn't say that the tech lash has changed things, yeah. except for people are a little bit more self-aware. Right. And does it change what gets funded? 
do you think? Like as an as someone who's sort of on both sides uh, of this equation, does it make you think differently about what you fund? Not at all. I yeah. think for early stage funding, you're always looking for the same set of things, a really gritty, resilient founder with some kind of unfair advantage, whether it's technology or distribution. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, and so how much... Uh, how many deals have you done on the angel side? All right, you just you're just getting started on that. Well, I've been angel investing uh, actually for about let's see since 2012, so okay. eight years now. Yeah, okay, uh, and so you're into it. This, you're fully into it. But this is the first time that my partner and the fund and I have actually raised a vehicle. So we've it. raised a seven million dollar fund. Okay, and out of that fund, we're coming up to nearly ten deals done. Wow. Rahul Vora is here with me still, founder and CEO of Superhuman. All right, so I've got you here. I've got you captive. Um, help me understand some of the the tips and tricks that you have discovered in terms of helping people get to that elusive inbox zero. So we analyzed the data from 2019 and we found three key things. Number one is write for mobile. Number two is schedule your emails for 9 a.m. or just before. And number three is split your inbox into multiple streams. Interesting. So All right, so let's start with the uh, write for mobile. What does that mean? Well. It probably would come as no surprise to hear that we send approximately three times as many emails from our laptops than we do our phones, because right. we have our keyboards there, of course. But what may come as a surprise is that we check email on our phones about eight times as frequently as we do on our laptops. And what right. that means is if you're writing an email, you are way more likely to have that email read on a phone. And so as a result, I would recommend keeping it extremely short. Right. And personally, I'm a big fan of the three sentence rule. The three, okay, so no more than three sentences. So if you can't say it in three sentences, so what, you pick up the phone, you actually pick up the phone and call somebody? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you go context data question. Those right. are the three sentences. All right, so, and the 9 a.m. thing, that's just about sort of our habits as humans? Well, we looked at when people were hitting inbox zero, and it turns out that the most common time for people to hit inbox zero is just before nine, about 8.50 a.m. Okay. And so in Superhuman, we have a feature designed specifically to use with this, you can actually schedule an email to arrive later. So you can hit send, it could be 4 p.m. in the afternoon, it right. could be 3 a.m. in the morning, and we'll actually hold the email for you until, let's say, 8.55, right. and that way it's right at the top of the other person's inbox when they start their day. Right, and is that just because people's habits are, they get it in the morning, they sort of wanna get through their email, and then get on with the, the rest of their day. It's just that simple, right? We think it's actually something that the phone has shifted. Ah. So peak inbox zero for phone is around 9 a.m. Peak inbox zero for laptops though is 10 a.m. So we think it's commuting. We think people Got are going it. into work, triaging their email real fast before they get into the office. Got it. Got it. All right. And what was the third? You reminded me of the third thing. What is yeah, it? it was splitting your inbox yes. into multiple streams. So there's this feature in Superhuman called Split Inbox, and it actually allows you to take the stream and split it up. Yeah. So a lot of our most successful users split out their calendar notifications, yeah. which, as you know, can be quite voluminous, or invitations to collaborate on Google Docs or Office documents or tasks. And that way they can really stay focused when they're in one mode. Right. They can do their calendar in one go, they can collaborate without getting distracted, and they can work on their tasks without being pulled away by incoming email. Right. All right, so I gotta ask you, just in the few minutes we have left, What'd you learn from your first startup to this one? What'd you take from that experience that you said, I will always do this or I'll never do this or I have to do this? 
Oh boy, there is so much. If I were to pick one, it would be don't keep changing your strategy. Mm. I think this is something that first-time founders do all too often. They'll pick a strategy and then perhaps three or four months later, they'll change it up. Right. And so the mistake that I made in my last company was I thought I was going for growth of users and then I decided, oh, actually, I'd rather want to grow revenue and dollars right. instead. And you really do have to choose between the two. Yeah. And so remind me, the, the company that you sold to LinkedIn, remind us what that did. So the company I sold to LinkedIn was called Reportive. Yeah. We were the first Gmail plugin to scale to millions of users. And essentially on the right-hand side of Gmail, when people email you, you could see what they look like, where they're based, what they do, recent tweets, obviously their LinkedIn profile. And we've now built that again inside of Superhuman. In fact, my team and I have built that over the last 10 years about eight different times. Right. And so is it different? What's different about building a company today versus, you know, 10, 15 years ago? 10, 15 years ago, things were a lot harder to build and there was a lot less capital available. Yeah. Today, you can build the same thing in half the time and with perhaps three or four times the amount of capital available to build it. And so as a result, timelines are vastly compressed. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing now is the mean time to becoming, let's say, a unicorn company worth over a billion dollars is as short as it's ever been. Right. And so you raised, what, $50 million or so yeah, last million. year? And so is that enough? Are you going to raise another round? Where are you in that cycle? Well, we still have plenty of that money left. Yeah. Uh, and if things go according to plan, which all, all metrics suggest that they're going according to plan, then yeah, I suspect we'll raise another round of funding, probably our Series C next year. And do you feel, just only about a, a minute left, do you feel like the path to... <clears throat> sort of exit or sort of that next stage has changed at all in this sort of private first market that, that we're living in? I think it's a really exciting time for both early stage investors and management of companies. There's never been more options for secondary liquidity than there exists today. You don't necessarily have to go public. Right. Uh, you can always sell to a subsequent round investor. Does it surprise you as someone who's been doing this now for, for a bit, how much that has changed, how robust the private markets have become? Or was that where we were always headed? I think there were signs of that from a very long time ago. Yeah. All right, Rahul Vora, thank you so much. Founder and CEO of Superhuman. He's based out in San Francisco, here with me in New York City today. The product, uh, it's been called by the New York Times, one of Silicon Valley's, quote, buzziest startups. There's a wait list of hundreds of thousands of people to get into this, uh, wanting to pay for the opportunity to get to Inbox Zero on a much, much more regular basis. Check it out.